Okay, this is Musings of the Black Bipolar Activist. We are going to be talking about uh, mental illness and the church. This is a subject that has uh, really come to light over the last four or five years because of the rate of pastors who are actually committing suicide. Uh, so we're going to start with a few mental health facts, and then we're going to jump right into the subject matter. So currently, one in five Americans suffer from mental illness, and this could be anything under the umbrella of mental illness in categories such as mood disorders, like depression, bipolar disorder, which I have bipolar disorder. Uh, it could be substance abuse disorders, like alcoholism and drug dependency. It could be an eating disorder, such as bulimia and anorexia. It could be paranoid disorder, such as schizophrenia. And it could also be anxiety, general anxiety. So of all of those Americans, only 16% 16, 16 of black people suffer from mental illness. This does not seem like a great number. But when you consider that only 30% of that 16% seek treatment, is a very prevalent issue in the black community, which I am a part of. 48% uh, females seek treatment, which is pretty good. It's about half of the women population seek treatment. But we're still having a problem with seeking treatment. Hopefully we can get that number in the positive. And there's several reasons why, but that could be another podcast so suicide is currently the second leading leading cause of death among people 10 to 34 and that is a huge number considering that it's the second leading cause i believe that the first leading cause is heart disease i believe but i'll, I'll have to check on that okay anyway so those are some mental illness facts. It also tells you a little bit about me being a black female bipolar person. So, uh, so how does all this relate to mental illness in the church? Uh, what, what we're going to start with uh, is a little of my history of mental illness in the church. And then we can go on to other subject matter concerning the issue. So, I was not officially diagnosed bipolar until about 10 years ago. I'm currently 34. I was diagnosed around 23, 24, I believe. And at first, I was misdiagnosed. I was diagnosed as just major depressive. And then after my second or third hospitalization, um, and, and it was a longer hospitalization, there was a better observation and it was um it was determined that i was bipolar type 2 which means that uh you have more depressive episodes than you have manic episodes and so uh, i think i got slightly better end of the stick uh, if there is such a thing as that with bipolar disorder and that I don't have a lot of out-of-control behaviors being manic. 
So, um, going back back to my history. So, growing up, I could say I can recognize that I was showing symptoms of bipolar disorder as young as eight years old. Usually, people are not diagnosed with bipolar disorder until they're in their early 20s or start uh, seeing um, start seeing symptoms of bipolar disorder until they're like 1920. I can actually remember having thoughts that there was something wrong at around eight years old, nine years old. And once I was diagnosed, it explained a lot of things for me. I grew up in a family of six. I have a sister and two brothers, mom and dad, and it was a dysfunctional household. Not the greatest, uh, definitely not the greatest when you're taking care of someone who is mentally ill or has a mental illness disorder. Uh, and I can remember as far back as, like I said, eight or nine and having thoughts of suicide and thoughts of despair, but also having great times where I felt wonderful and there were days or nights that I would stay up all night and couldn't fall asleep because of racing thoughts or just not feeling tired. And that's also a symptom of bipolar disorder is being unusually awake and active and like racing thoughts and all of that. I could not fall asleep when I was younger and it's a problem that I still have now with insomnia and I currently take sleep medication for that to help me calm down and fall asleep at night. I would be up in the middle of the night and it became a concern to my mom and uh, we went to my pediatrician and he diagnosed it as drinking too much tea before bed. I don't think that he was thinking about mental disorder, especially since I was young. This was like 10, 11, 12, staying up throughout the night, going to school the next morning, not being tired, and uh, just being me, who I thought. Uh, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with how I was feeling. and In fact, there were times I felt like everybody feels like this. But the older I got, I realized that everyone does not feel like that. And there used to be times of prayer where I would pray about things and things did not seem to improve. And that made me feel bad because a lot of things that stressed in the church is if you have a problem, you pray it away. Uh, in fact, uh, Psalms 34, 17 says, The Lord hears people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. So I grew up thinking things like this. This is not to say that God does not answer prayer because God does answer prayer. But there are also times when we feel like we are unheard and we remain unchanged. So, um, I have had several suicide attempts in my life. I've been hospitalized about 
four times uh, in my adult life. And uh, it, it's been a struggle, especially with adults who have been around when I was younger and peers when I got older who had a pray away the mental illness mentality. Uh, a lot of people view mental illness as a spiritual disorder rather than a physical one. This is very troubling and uh, problematic in that people don't really think of physical ailments like uh, broken legs, fost uh, broken legs, um, cancer, uh, other illnesses such as that, like diabetes, as spiritual warfare, when mental health is considered uh, a product of spiritual warfare. So, the church has a very, very complicated history with um, with mental illness. And I have a very complicated history with mental illness and spirituality in that I grew up with a mom who felt that mental illness was satanic and attack from quote unquote the enemy. Uh, schizophrenia, which is a huge disorder um, that causes people to disassociate from their lives. Uh, my mom always felt that those people were demon possessed and they were not suffering from a mental illness. Now, I'm not saying that demon possession does not happen because it occurs in the Bible several times, but not every ailment is uh, demon, demon driven. So, um, uh, when I got diagnosed, I was, uh, it was a relief, but I also had a mom who not only believed that I wasn't praying hard enough to get rid of it, but that I was in fact crazy. Uh, crazy is a complicated word in that a lot of people who have mental illness um, get called crazy, and crazy is such a hurtful word, but it's a word that has permeated society and it really comes from a place of misunderstanding so now we're going to talk about how the church handles mental illness so again a uh, uh, church is very big on prayer and praying things away and praying uh, ailments away but they haven't taken care of mental health really um, like I said only certain percentages of people actually seek treatment uh, go back to 30% of black people actually seek treatment black people are also a very spiritual race of people we rely on the church a lot there are um, there are a lot of situations where everything is can go to God in prayer and everything is solved with prayer and uh, a lot of a lot of also another reason why um, black people are not seeking treatment is because it is considered 
is considered a ailment that is made up or as a scapegoat for other situations. Recently in the news, I think for like the last five, six years, there's been a increase in suicide in the church, especially among pastors. There is several reasons for this. One, uh, pastors are not able to express their own personal emotion and must take care of the needs of other people's emotions. And two, they're just ill-equipped to deal with it, whether it's themselves or their congregation. Uh, I, at my first hospitalization and leading up to it, I was in a very depressive mood all of my uh, all of my hospitalizations i know all of my hospitalizations have been from a depressive mood i've never been hospitalized for being hypomanic or or manic so leading up to my first hospitalization i was very very depressed i thought about suicide a lot and there came a point where i didn't feel like i could hold off the suicidal thoughts anymore and I called my therapist and she said get to the hospital and I got to the hospital so um, and this is a lot of things that the church does not deal with well in seeking help there's a time of need you pray you don't go to the hospital which also a lot of churches would not say the same thing if someone broke their leg or um, became physically disabled they would say go to the hospital and not pray about it they would pray about it but they wouldn't expect immediate change as they would in mental health issues and so uh, there came a point where I was treated as if I was broken because I had been depressed for so long and then going into the hospital and people coming into the hospital to visit me and praying and expecting things to change and when things did not change then I either needed more prayer I wasn't in faith enough or there wasn't um, there was just not doing enough on my part or God God does his thing in his own time there will be a cure for this uh, bipolar disorder there is no cure but there it can be managed with medication psychotherapy um, and like better living healthy wise like eat better eating better food um, getting vitamins, all of that, being active. And so I was not doing any of those things. I'm actually doing those things now. But back then I wasn't. And I felt that there was no relief. And I felt that I couldn't talk about it either because of the way that Christians um, deal with mental illness. Um, I think one of the biggest things in the church was when Rick Warren's son committed suicide. And I think that caused a shockwave through the Christian community because Rick Warren is a guy who is very positive 
and prayer driven. I, I believe that he wrote some prayer journals. I can't remember what they what the name was what the names of them are, but he was big on prayer, uh, big in the Bible, and his wife was also big in ministry. And when his son committed suicide, I think it took a lot of people by surprise and uh, took a lot of people, set a lot of people back and wondering what was going on and how Rick Warren was able to keep something like this to himself. And I actually went to a talk that Kay Warren gave uh, before a Sparks game, Go Sparks. And uh, she actually wrote a book called Choose Joy Because Happiness Isn't Enough. And she talks a little bit about her son's journey with mental health. He was a major depressive. And he sought treatment, actually. His parents, uh, Rick and Kay, gave, get, you know, got him the treatment that he needed. But they didn't treat it as seriously as they should have. Um, there were, Kay, Kay actually said that that she didn't feel like they took it as serious or that the church didn't take it as serious um, as they should have and she also advocates for churches to actually build in uh, mental illness awareness and mental illness uh, mental illness care into the church and so her book is really good. I actually read it. I would recommend it. It's called Choose Joy Because Happiness Isn't Enough. And there are some things in it that uh, are really good. And uh, the basic premise of the book is choosing joy. Joy is a different uh, feeling than happiness. Happiness is built on happenings. And joy is a feeling of happiness that's not affected by anything so uh like i have like happiness can be you can be happy because you did well on a test whereas joy is you have happiness uh, beyond how you did on a test and so one of the passages in this book that i really enjoyed that i felt um, was something that, she, that I felt was interesting is she wrote if being a Christian makes no difference in the way we respond to problems what good is our faith and while she did write some good things that's a quote that I had a problem with uh, the quote is again if being a Christian makes no difference in the way we respond to problems what good is our faith and for me that makes I, I for me in that is one of the biggest problems in the church concerning mental illness and i think a lot of people truly feel that faith that healing is based upon faith and while faith is good faith is amazing um, I have had faith in several things. I've had faith in God to bring me through several situations. Uh, and he has in, in, in some instances. 
but seeing as Christianity is a faith-based um, religion, I think that if there are no immediate or like uh, immediate or physical or spiritual quote unquote deliverance, then you don't have faith. And I think that's one of the biggest problems in the church um, is the issue of faith. I think faith can mean a lot of different things to different people and faith to someone who is suffering from a physical ailment is different than someone who's suffering from a mental ailment um someone who is like well quote-unquote well and healthy their faith is a little bit different than physical and mental faith um and so there is like a perception or a standard of what faith is and what faith can do in the church and I personally struggle with how Christians view faith because of the way that they, because of the way they treat people with physical ailments and spiritual ailments and your healing depending on your standard of faith and I um the the church really uh beats that in and I think they beat in the concept of faith and it being a faith-based religion is because we operate on things that we do not see so we trust that Jesus died and was raised again and that he is the messiah everything um, is based on faith we believe God created the world uh, we believe that um, that God has a hand in everything, which I think he does have a, his hand in a lot of things. But some things are just there because they're there. Um, like adaptation. Adaptation is a big um, subject for me because and, and adaptation actually can tie into mental illness in that people adapt to what is around them so if we're talking about like uh, anorexia anorexia can often be a result of societal standards of beauty and in that standard we it's a conditioning and the conditioning results in the mental disorder. I grew up in a family that was very dysfunctional. And I think that some of my symptoms is a result of the environment I was raised in. Uh, mental illness also actually runs in my family. So it's part genetics, part environment. And... Um, it is a problem. A lot of people actually have um, bipolar relatives. If they're bipolar, um, if mental illness is a big genetic thing in a lot of instances. 
and um, I think that things like genetics and environment do not also get factored into spiritual faith. Um, spirit, spiritual faith is, um, I see how time. Spiritual faith is something that is a double-edged sword. So it it can heal and fail at the same time. And what I mean by that is we have a like give and take with with um with with faith and spirituality. Um we either take it or leave it and there is only really one right answer in that and that is take it and you have to go by a certain amount of standards to take it um, I have been suffering for mental illness my whole life uh, I was officially diagnosed um, about 10 years ago but um, but everything since I was diagnosed has been a faith journey, not only for me, but for everyone else around me. I think, um, especially for the people in the church, I think someone who really kind of um, jumped on to the wellness plan that's not specifically based in faith is my dad. And we've had a complicated relationship, but one thing I can always say about him is he does believe in prayer. He does believe in faith, but he also believes in the science of our minds and how our minds work and how they function and dysfunction. Uh, and so I actually am thankful to him for that. Um, and I, I think there's a, I have a t-shirt I think I do have a t-shirt that says it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist and I think that a lot of people feel you can only have one or the other especially in the church and that's something we need to work on and uh, um, I think that's going to be it for this time and uh, we will discuss some other things next time. Okay, black polar, black bipolar activists out.